You're clocked out. We're locked in. You're listening to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Well, happy hump day. It's Crunch Time. Matt Miguez here, 402 on this Wednesday afternoon. You're listening to the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. The Brooklyn Nets, man, aren't they interesting? So they fired Steve Nash, you suspended Kyrie Irving, and now. You know, you were you were all set last week. Ime Udoka gonna be our next head coach. We're gonna be better for it. Blah blah blah. Yet now here you are taking the interim tag off of one Jacques Vaughn after four games. James Mesh, a little bit of a little bit of an interesting move. It is. Now, I'm not saying that I disagree with them moving away from Ime Udoka, because let's be honest, the Brooklyn Nets don't need more bad publicity. They've done a pretty nice job of that themselves. But this is... Here's one thing. So, according to sources, the Nets backed off the plan to hire Yudoka based on several factors, including a prolonged anti-Semitism controversy with Kyrie Irving. What does Kyrie Irving having a anti-Semitism controversy have to do with you not hiring a suspended head coach, other than the fact that it's just more bad publicity. They don't relate. How are you going to say that that's one of the factors that you decided not to hire Ime Udoka? So here's what Brooklyn needs to do. They just need to step off the basketball court because what they all need to learn how to do first is basic public relations. Because they're bad at it. They're really bad at it. Like, even the players need to learn PR because they're all bad. And so, here's the other reason. Coupled with the impending disruption that would have come with the hiring of Yudoka. Really? You don't say... You don't think that that would have been a little bit of a disruption and a distraction? Oh my God, Sean Marks, you're a smart one. And then the, the, the story continues. Once Jacques Vaughn had stabilized the team, his promotion made more sense to the organization. Stabilized the team? He's coached four games. Now granted, they're 2-2 two and two in those four games. But can you really call that stabilization? Also, I feel like Vaughn would be an easier scapegoat for whenever whatever when, they're doing right now. When they with when the they Nets. when they suck yet again. Yeah. 
oh, well, you know, we just wanted to be nice and take the interim tag off, but we're going to move on. Like, okay. But apparently they signed him through 2024. After four games, four games was all it took to give the man a multi-year deal as the new Nets head coach. I wouldn't be surprised if they get rid of him midway through the 2023 season. Oh, my God, man. And then, like, okay, so obviously Ime Udoka, you know, obviously Hell that's, of a a, coach. that's a terrible situation, right? Correct. What's going to happen now? It's very tough because we're we're still... They're, we're still kind of in the dark with a lot of information. Well, and, and you're going to be, right? You're, yeah, you're not, not going to find gonna... out about stuff till way later down the line. But now, you know, what happens? Say nobody hires him. In June, when the season ends, does he just stroll back into the facility like, hey guys, what's up? Let's, let's go win a championship here in Boston. Like, how does that work? Let's be back-to-back champs. That is such an uncomfortable dynamic. It is weird because let's let's say that the Celtics actually do make it to the finals again and win it. You, well, you, now you now you got a coach that now you got a coach in Joe Missoula who just proved us like, hey, I mean, right? Like, what do you? What he are took you that going next step. To do? <laughs> Did somebody just make me some popcorn? And I'm going to sit back and watch it all unfold because it's going to be great. This is what happens. Like, I, I go back to the comment with the Brooklyn Nets. This is what happens when you don't know basic public relations. Why didn't you just fire Yudoka? Why? I mean, are you really going to reinstate him and let him come back to coach? Now, look. Say you don't make the playoffs this year, or you don't make it far. Say you lose in the first round of the playoffs. I think they still have faith in Udoka. Then it's an easy cleanup. But like you said, say Joe Missoula leads them to the finals again. You're really going to look that dude in the eye and say, oh, man, really appreciate your help. You're an assistant coach again. He's get, He's going to move on and go to a different team. Well, right, that's what I'm saying. Maybe he takes over Pop's job. So, I mean, are you really? Even though I know there's a few coaches in San Antonio that are looking to take over. Uh, that that's just going to be a tricky situation this summer because I think the Celtics are going to be good. Yeah, they're good. I th- I don't know if the, I don't I don't necessarily think that the Celtics this season will be able to take it all the way to the finals again. Even though they are seven and three right now, I don't think that they'll be good enough. Maybe they surprised me, but I do know it took a lot last postseason to be able to go on the run that it did that they yep. did so i don't know if they'll be able to replicate what they did that's especially a, without the coach that it kind of feels like took them to that next level to get to that point that's just so interesting to me um and, and now the the other thing i want to just throw out there really quickly don't believe well let me let me when sports breaking news gets posted on Twitter starting today, make sure to double check who's posting it before you go crazy with it. Did you get like a not field Yates kind of kind of guy? I got a not Adam Schefter kind of oh, guy. Nice. Um, that said, um, what what I don't even remember what what the tweet was. Somebody was reti- Bill Belichick was retiring maybe. 
I don't think that's what it was. You you had said it earlier. Oh, what was I don't it? I don't remember, but so so now with the with the new Twitter blue, you can pay eight dollars a month and everybody can be verified if you pay the eight dollar fee. So now just seeing the blue check mark next to their name doesn't make it legit. So just be very careful with what you see and what you choose to believe on social media in the sports world. Three three seven seven zero six zero one. One one. If you want to get in on the game hotline on today's show at four thirty, we're gonna have Jay Walker join us for Cajuns Corner a day early, uh, considering the Cajuns play tomorrow night at the at Cajun Field against Georgia Southern. And then at five thirty, we're gonna do Who Dat Wednesday with our guy Brendan Ertle. And as a reminder, here in Acadiana, you can watch us on the simulcast on Stadium thirty two point three and Channel one thirty three on LUS Fiber. Poll question of the day. How do you eat your Pop-Tarts? Out of the toaster? Out of the wrapper? Or other? See me, I'm actually not a huge fan of Pop-Tarts out of the toaster. I just... They're just not very good, in, in my opinion. And it seems to be Todd's on your side because he said, Toaster. Ain't nobody got time for that. Ain't nobody got time for that. And I, I mean, it just. Like I, I think I could do her voice. Oh, I'll have to do it later. Ain't nobody got time for that. Ain't nobody got time for that. There you go. No, yeah. that, that wasn't very good. It was, it was okay. Um, But no, so I don't know. Certain, especially the fruity, pop, like strawberry, blueberry. Yeah. I just feel like they lose some of the sweetness when you heat them up. Now, like a chocolate one or like the hot fudge sundae one. Like, sure, throw the, it in a toaster. The cinnamon? The, yeah, throw it in a toaster. That's fine. But like the original fruit ones, like you you can't put that in a toaster. Like that just ruins it for me. Why not? I just, it just it's not the it's same. A- to me, it's like I, I don't, I don't see but the problem I do with. Try, I don't see the problem with like pretty much a hot strawberry jam. I do want to try because that's Foots. what it is. I do want to try Kevin Foot's theory. You toaster it with the cinnamon and then cinnamon yeah, pop the, tart, and then you put the butter. The brown sugar cinnamon you put in the toaster and then you cover it with butter. I bet you that's Specific, delicious. He said specifically, it goes on the top where the. Uh, I bet you that's delicious. Which I thought maybe why not do butter on the bottom side? That way you get sweetness both on the top of your mouth and on your tongue. Uh, I bet you that's so good. Making me hungry. Anyways. You had the opportunity. That's that's why this whole thing popped up was because you were eating a Pop-Tart. I was. I was eating a strawberry Pop-Tart. I still have one left. Might have to uh, heat it, have... <laughs> it up in the microwave. Oh, my God. Please, no. Uh, breaking news out of the Sun Belt: Coastal Carolina quarterback Grayson McCall is out three to six weeks with a foot injury. Now, I'm not a mathematologist, but say that one one more time. I'm not a mathematologist. Mathematologist. Shout out SpongeBob. Um, oh, I'm not. Okay. I'm not a mathematologist, but if you go to the latter half of that time frame, that's the rest of the season. So, how much more interesting did the Sun Belt Championship picture get? 
obviously the Cajuns aren't in the running for it anymore, but you know, you still could the Sunbelt West team host? Because that's important. I mean, look at the Cajuns. They went to four straight Sunbelt Conference Championship games. The only one that they won was the one time that they hosted. It's important. So I was also there at that game. So that's I why. was there at that game too. I caught the flu three days later. Um, I didn't. Yeah, you know, good, good, good for you. That was a rough week. Um. So yeah, you know, or now does this open the door for maybe Georgia State to trump Coastal Carolina, and Coastal Carolina doesn't make the conference championship game anymore? I mean, things could get very interesting. In, in the sun, in the or as, as we like to call it, in the fun belt over the next couple of weeks. Uh, so, once again, 337 Jay Walker and Brendan Ertle are your guests for today here on Crunch Time. Dusty Baker has signed a one year contract extension to return to the Houston Astros for the 2023 season. The Astros are still waiting on the contract of general manager James Click. They also optioned Yuli, no, I'm sorry, not Yuli Gurriel, Trey Mancini and Will Smith. Both of them are now free agents. Uh, they were added to the free agent list earlier today. So, again, with the latest Houston Astros news, we'll bring it to you as we hear it over the coming days. But if you have ever thought, about airing TV or radio commercials, then today is an opportunity for you. Delta Media is having a one-day sale event which is designed for local mom-and-pop business owners to buy advertising at a discounted rate. This is not for the big Walmarts of the world. This is for local business owners. Get 30-second spots for both radio and TV. It is affordable advertising, but you must book it today and today only. Call Delta Media Sales Director Johnette Cochran today at 337-896-2692. That's 337-896-2692 to take advantage of our Delta Media one-day sale. We'll take a timeout here. And when we return to Crunch Time here on a Who Dat Wednesday, we've got some Cajuns audio from head football coach Michael Desermo as they prepare to take on Georgia Southern tomorrow night at Cajun Field, you are listening to the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station and your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. Got something to say to Miguez and Mesh? Hell yeah! It's easy. Just call the hotline by dialing 337-706-0111. Now back to more Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. Welcome back to Crunch Time. 21 after the hour. Louisiana Ragin' Cajuns will prepare once again for Georgia Southern tomorrow night at Cajun Field. A 6.30 kickoff in that one. Earlier this week, Michael Desermo spoke with the media and here was his opening statement to the press conference. You know, yeah, short week. Got to turn the page. Got to get going to the next one. Sometimes that's the best thing you can do um, if you can get over it, you know, and that's the thing that you got to do, you know, talk to our team about 
going in the last game, the reality of it is we were we were trying to fight for a bowl game, and that's what we want for our seniors, for our team, to get one more opportunity, to earn one more opportunity to play together. That's still in front of us. Uh, so this week is 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 important, you know, just like last week was. And no matter how bad you felt after the game, um, we're in the same position. You know, we got to find a way to go out here and go win some games down this final stretch with the last three um, and, and do something that I think our seniors deserve. They deserve an extra game. They deserve a bowl and that opportunity. So we got to go work for it this week. Um, told our teams, you know, told them this exactly. Georgia Southern's coming in here with the exact same issue, right? Last week, they're playing a game at home. They lose in the fourth quarter, give up a lead. Um, they're feeling the same way we are. So, you know, you can sit and sulk, but nobody really cares about our excuses for sure. Um, and, and the reality of it is, is that we're going to either have what we want in the end or we'll have excuses why we don't. The Cajuns have three games remaining on their schedule, including this game with Georgia Southern. They will also travel to Tallahassee to play Florida State and to San Marcos, Texas to play Texas State. The Cajuns needing to win two out of those three in order to secure a spot in a bowl game. Now, you know, after a loss uh, like the Cajuns suffered Saturday night where you're down, where you're up 17 to nothing and you end up giving up 23 straight points, you know, sometimes it could be a little bit of a letdown and the, the team has – you know, a couple of days where they're they're trying to get back on track. So, Coach Des was asked, "How was Sunday's practice after that Troy loss?" You know, this team impresses me more and more. I think every week, you know, uh, you know, I, you know, obviously we come in here earlier. Um, you know, I get up here early yesterday, and the whole day, you know, you're kind of thinking, "All right, what are we going to need to say?" Kind of get them going, to kind of motivate them, get them to understand, you know, that we got to move on, and. Uh, you know, you walk in the team meeting room and, and they're sitting in their chairs. They got their pen and paper out. They're locked in. They're ready to go. Uh, it's business as usual. So, um, you know, they did a great job last night. They showed up. You know, we go through the tape like we always do. Um, you know, they know they know the way that the game ended is, is a lot of things were preventable, a lot of things that we, you know, didn't do very well um, in critical situations. And, you know, they're aware of it. We're going to see it. We're going to correct it. We're going to talk about how we can fix it uh, because for us, you know, we still have something to play for and our, we're going to play for it. And, um, you know, we got to get it fixed. And, you know, I think the biggest thing for us right now is figuring out how to get momentum, keep momentum, and then how to pump the brakes whenever it kind of starts to roll the other way a little bit. James, uh, you know, looking at a game like the Cajuns lost over Troy where you made a lot of mistakes down the back stretch to really give the game away in your opinion is it easier to fix that when you lose that way rather than just straight up getting outplayed I think so because the fact that you were leading a vast majority of the game is just you had the final few minutes where you collapsed. So I think it's a lot easier to just work on it. Like, look, we just need to finish better instead of just having to try and figure out, hey, how do we play better throughout the whole game? You only have to worry about the last 10, 15 minutes, sometimes even five minutes or less. Whereas if you just get beat straight up and you're down th two, three scores throughout the whole contest, well, then you have to fix how you play all of 60 minutes. Yeah. Here's, uh, here's Coach Michael Desermo on that exact same thought. I don't know. Uh, 
Yeah, so you always go back, you know, you go back through it and it's like, you know, maybe you feel a little bit better if you get your butt kicked and, you know, there's nothing you can do about it. Uh, but no, I mean, yes, it is a good thing um, that that it's it's correctable, fixable things. Um, it's it's frustrating. I think that's what hurts the most and that's what's the most disappointing. Um, you know, man, if it's a lack of effort, effort um, intensity, you know, I'm at, you know, you, you can get in there and you can, you know, you can do you roll them up and do what you got to do and, and get after, you know, guys for for not playing the way they need to play. That's not that's not the case. I think that a lot of times it's probably us just trying to maybe do too much. You know, when it when the when it starts to kind of slide, the momentum starts to slide. It's instead of doing your job and being where you're supposed to be and doing it really well. It's well, if I do this, then I can I can make this play. Update on the poll question. How do you eat your Pop-Tarts? Uh, how out of the toaster, out of the wrapper, or other? Brian Fox commented on Facebook, and he said, yes. So I'm guessing all the ways is, is, is what Brian Fox is saying. And, and then Brady says, this is the correct answer. I mean, again, like, like I said earlier, if it's like a chocolate one or you know, something like that, sure, or the cinnamon roll one or whatever, then, I mean, yeah, fine. Again, strawberry, cherry, blueberry, don't you dare put that in the toaster. That's just not good. <laughs> That's just not good. It's just, it's, it's pop ball. It's not good. I think it's good. Well. I only, I only don't heat it up if I don't have access to a toaster or if I just don't have time. That's the only time I don't do it because otherwise I want to have a nice hot pop tart with a nice cool glass of milk. What do you think? And I want to dunk it like an Oreo. What do you think about the Dish Attorney General of Washington, D.C. announcing a press conference tomorrow to make, quote, a major announcement related to the Washington Commanders? Who? Uh oh. That's big because we had seen some reports that they people getting, were interested in buying the commanders. They're getting sold. Or it could be it could go the complete opposite way and it gets even worse of a situation. According to uh Daniel Snyder, he will not sell the commanders to Jeff Bezos. That's just messed up, man. Why why you hate Jeff Bezos? Ah. Uh, uh. Eh. I mean, he could buy it. He could buy it five hundred fold if he wanted to. Dan Snyder says that the price for the entire franchise uh-huh. is around seven billion dollars. Okay, and that's pocket change for Jeff. I, for for El Jefe. <laughs> for El Jefe. Yeah, I mean, I I don't disagree. Um, now you look at the buying group that Jeff Bezos had put together. It was Bezos. Jay-Z, and then there was a, oh, Matthew McConaughey. That's who it was. I was like, somebody else had jumped into this, and it was Matthew McConaughey. That's could one. That's could one you imagine of, those three owning a football franchise? Those three, that is like, that almost, <laughs> three wildly different personalities. The, the article on Pro Football Talk begins with, all right, all, all right, right, all right, all right. All right, all right, all right. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, those are rookie numbers. You got you to pump those numbers up. Yeah. 
Oh, great movie. But anyways, yeah, they got to hire somebody. Like, if they buy the team, they would have to hire somebody to stand in as owner, right? Like, there's no way they make the ownership decisions. I was going to say, Jeff has so many other businesses to worry about. He ain't got time. He's hired somebody. He's got to worry about Amazon. Look, I'll pay you a million dollars a year. I'll tell you. I'll tell you. Or multi millions. You 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 call us when there's a decision that we need to make. We'll all make it together, and you could just be the face. You just handle it. Cool. Go team. Woo. Oh man, Bezos, Jay Z, and McConaughey. Matthew has apparently always been a huge fan, and has ties with the team that go way back. He's also good pals with Daniel Snyder. So did Jeff Bezos go? Well, Dan's not going to sell it just to me. So let me get. What if some I of, get? What if I get McConaughey? Let me get, in this. let me get some of his buddies and see if maybe we can all just pitch in. Sweet talk him. Oh my God! Isn't it the? Isn't the way that you try to do business in the NFL and just pro sports in general just so interesting? It, it, it's absolutely incredible. But now here's the question: What's Nike going to do with the Kyrie Eights that they've already produced? You you shipping them? You shipping them off to to a country where kids need shoes? Probably. I mean, it's the same thing with what you do with the, the Super Bowl uh, shirts. The Super Bowl shirts yeah. that are for the losing team. Yeah. You just whoop, you ship them away. I was I was gonna. I remember. What was it? Never mind. I'm not gonna say it. No. No. Not gonna say. Never it? mind. Okay. Let's see. We're getting ready to take a time out here on Crunch Time. If you are looking for great stocking stuffers for this holiday season, then look no further than The Game Clubhouse, 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. As a member of our rewards club, you'll have the opportunity to score excellent prizes like a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester Steakhouse of Cypress Bayou, a $50 gift certificate to Half Shell Oyster House, or a $25 gift certificate to Mabel's Kitchen. The only way to score these great stocking stuffers is by joining the Game Clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. It's free. It's simple. So go sign up today. Take a time out. The legend himself, Mr. Jay Walker, joins us next for Cajun's Corner right here on The Game, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Going deep downfield, he's got a receiver, it's caught! Touchdown, Louisiana! Can't get enough of the vermilion and white? Then you're in luck. Here is the Cajuns Corner with the longtime voice of the Raging Cajuns, Jay Walker, on Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. Jay Walker, I am so thrilled that I can make your Wednesday infinitely better. How are you, sir? And, and you have, sir. You absolutely have. Oh, oh, wait a minute. My nose just grew another quarter of an inch. Oh, good one. Good one. All right, let's start with men's basketball. Give me your thoughts on the, the 106-55 to 55 win over Centenary Monday night. Well, you know, it, it's really hard to make a lot of judge, judgments because they were facing an outmanned opponent. But I think there's still some things that you can look at. You know, did they share the ball well? Did they play together well? Does there appear to be good chemistry? How did they shoot free throws? Uh, you know, I think all of those things, they uh, they did very, very well, well. You know, I mean, I think now, on the field. I'm sorry about that, Jay. Go ahead. There, there's um, – and, and, you know, I, 
I, I like the new guys. You know, I, I like um, Themis folks, and I like uh, and whatever that is that's still in my ear. Um, the uh, I like Themis folks, and I liked um, uh, Chancellor White, and and there's no question Sagona can really shoot it. Now, earlier today, we we got some breaking news out of the the Sun Belt Conference. Grayson McCall is out three to six weeks with a foot injury that he suffered against App State last week. Jay, talk about how important that could be to the conference championship picture. Yeah, it um, you know it it could possibly be that it happened late enough in the season. You know, I don't think Coastal automatically becomes a losing football team without McCall. But he probably is the most irreplaceable player on any team in this league. Um, you know, Bryce Carpenter is the backup. Uh, they are going to be really a predominantly running team now. Carpenter's not a great passer. Uh, so they're going to be a little bit more one-dimensional. Now, they have Southern Miss this weekend. I know that they close at uh, James Madison, and I do, re- honestly don't remember who they have in between. Um, those are teams that Coastal conceivably could be successful against, even without McCall. But, man, if they don't have McCall when they play Troy um, in the championship game, if they get to the championship game, uh, they might struggle. They might struggle. Now, looking at the Cajuns, staying on that, that same kind of point, three games left for the Cajuns. They need two wins to make a bowl game. Two of those games are in conference. You start Thursday, tomorrow night with Georgia Southern. You know, just on paper, Cajuns and Eagles, what, what are you seeing out of this matchup? Well, this could be a very different game than what the Cajuns have been playing lately. Because if you look at, at the games that the Cajuns have been playing, you've got, you know, for the most part um, – You've had teams with really good defenses. You know, Southern Miss, very good defensively. South Alabama, very good defensively. Troy is very good defensively. Now you're going to face a team with the best passing attack in the league. Uh, Kyle Van Treese uh, has thrown for 20 touchdowns this year. Uh, sometimes he throws it for the wrong color jersey, but he's averaging well over 300 yards uh, per game passing. Uh, you know, this is a team that's, that's averaging – you know, right at 500 yards a game in total offense. So it's going to be a very different game from what we've seen lately. Well, Jay, you know, what's interesting is you look at the Eagles and, you know, you talked about the, the passing attack. They have the fourth best passing offense in America. Vantrese is currently third in America in passing yards. And it, it's crazy to, to think about because just back at the end of 2020, 2021, they were an option team. And they had been for decades before. Yeah. And, and you know, it's this is going to be, I want to say, the fourth coach that Georgia Southern has had since they've been in the league. And every time they've hired a coach, uh, the fan base has said, oh, by the way, you run the option here. Well, you know, after, uh, after the last two coaches have kind of fallen on their face a little bit, uh, I think the fan base has kind of realized that, hey, maybe we need to do things differently. Uh, and, uh, you know, credit to Jared Benko, uh, the athletic director there, who, um, you know, Helton was available. He had gotten fired just a couple games into the season. And, you know, Benko, a couple of weeks later, I mean, the season's, you know, not half over. And, um, and they've already got a new football coach. So 
you know, credit to credit to Jared Benko for for going out and being aggressive. And uh, you know what Georgia Southern is doing is has been successful. Now, I don't think they're a great defensive team by any stretch of the imagination. This game is going to be a little bit higher scoring, and that means the Cajun offense, I think, is going to be under the gun this week. Yeah, this is a this is a this is the side of the football that's not going to be able to have a, a bunch of three and outs and still win the game. Georgia Southern is going to move the football and they are going to score points. The Cajuns have to do the same thing. Yeah, that was that was going to be my next point. You know, that we we talk about how many yards Georgia Southern's offense can get, but you know their their defense gives up gives up just as many as as the offense gains. So, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what the Cajuns can do with that considering, you know, if we're if we're being honest, the, the offense has kind of been a little stagnant as of late. Well, you know, Say, you know, you went into last week and you lost three offensive linemen during the game. Yeah. Um, so, so you were down to you know just five guys, and you know you're probably going to miss uh, Rubio. I think Jax Harrington's going to be back, and Nathan Thomas was able to practice this week. Uh, but you know the the, the offense is going to have trouble scoring points when you don't have a whole lot up front. We've said this all year long. Now, I I think that the offense is going to be able to get some things done against this Georgia Southern team. Um, But I think the real key is if I have to pick one guy, just one guy who's a key this week, I think it's Chris Smith. uh, I think the Cajuns need to sustain drives. They need to move the football on the ground. Georgia Southern's given up over 200 yards a game rushing. And I think the Cajun running game is going to be huge, and Chris Smith's going to be the ringleader of that. Chatting with Jay Walker, the longtime voice of the Raging Cajuns. Jay, looking at the history between these two teams, it's a matchup that's always close. Uh, this is going to be the fifth, the, the sixth matchup, excuse me, between the Cajuns and the Eagles. And on average, the margin of victory is only eight points. Yeah, they, they, there have been some good games between the two teams. They really have. You know, last year, Cajuns won 28-20 to in Statesboro, and then they fired the coach two days later. Um, I think it's ironic that the teams haven't, don't have a long history together, but Georgia Southern, after beating the Cajuns, the only time they've beaten them, uh, took the interim tag off their head coach and made him the permanent guy, and that same guy got fired after losing to the Cajuns a couple years later. Now, you know, talking about the defense for the Cajuns, they've been the group that has been the most consistent. And, you know, we, we, we've talked about it before. You know, if your offense, especially late in games, isn't able to sustain long enough drives to give your defense a rest, you know, you could run into a lot of issues. And I, I think that was part of the problem Saturday night against Troy. You know, at the time Troy started to come back, the Cajuns had a pretty significant lead in time of possession. That um, that third quarter drive, twenty plays, that twenty play drive, yeah. Uh, I, I think maybe took a little wind out of their sails. But if you go back and you look at and you look at tape, okay, the biggest thing that happened after the middle of the third quarter is Troy started to win some one-on-one battles in space. They, the Cajuns tackled extremely well over the first two and a half quarters of that game. But they started to lose some one-on-one battles. And what was going for like 
two or a three yard game was was now like an eight to fifteen yard game, and that is because you had a chance to tackle in space and you didn't do it. That was probably the biggest difference between the first um, two and a half quarters and the last quarter and a half. All right, Jay, keys to victory tomorrow night. Run, 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 run. Run the football um, and be successful running the football. Do not throw the football because you have to. Throw the football because you want to. And I think if they're able to do that, you know, how many? How many times over the last years when the Cajuns had the powerful running game did we see the Cajuns go out, establish the run, and then be able to do things through the air when they wanted to because the other team's worried about stopping the run? we gotta, we got to get back to the future here. You know, I, I think we've got to go back to, to, the, to the running game established and working and then – go out and throw the football. The Cajuns have really not had that luxury very often this year. I think if they're going to win, they're, they're going to have to do that. And I think the other thing they're going to do if they establish the running game is they're going to get to play keep away a little bit. You know, it's going to be hard for Van Trees to go out and beat you if he's on the sidelines. So I, I think the running game is everything for the Cajuns tomorrow night. So, so let, me, let me make sure I have this right. You want the Cajuns to run. Um, well, I, I don't know if I'd put it quite like that, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jay Walker, the longtime voice of the Raging Cajuns. The Cajuns will host Georgia Southern tomorrow night for Fan Appreciation Night, uh, 6.30 kickoff at Cajun Field. Jay, appreciate you taking the time each and every week. Have a great call, and uh, we'll do it again next week, my friend. I will, uh, I will look forward to Oh, by the way, just, if I can just throw this out. Absolutely. Don't forget, baseball's playing against LSU this Sunday. Uh, here at Russo Park, uh, admission is free. Two ten-inning contests. Uh, concession stand will be open. You know, clear bag policy, all of that stuff uh, in effect. But uh, gates will be wide open and a chance to come and see some good baseball. And by the way, I'm here at Russo Park right now. I'm still waiting for Julian Brock to make an out this fall. I don't think he's made one yet. Well, there, there you have it, folks. Jay, appreciate you as always, my friend. Thanks, man. Bye, bye. Tune in next week for another edition of Cajun's Corner here on Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. You're listening to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Slings it far side. Stingley steps inside the receiver and picks it off. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. A shot to left field. Going back on it's Gordon. He'll look up at the goner. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Start NFL Week 9 off right with a no-sweat same-game parlay from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. It doesn't matter if you're new to FanDuel or if you already have an account. You'll get free bets back if your Thursday night same-game parlay doesn't hit. NFL same-game parlays are the perfect way to combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payday. A quick parlay that I whip for you is the Falcons' money line, a Drake London anytime touchdown, and then the under on total points scored. Build your own or choose from one of the popular same-game parlays pre-built for you in FanDuel's top-rated sportsbook app. However you want to play, you can bet on the NFL on Thursday night with a no-sweat same-game parlay. Just sign up with promo code KLWB if you don't already have an account, but if you're already with FanDuel, you're all set. Just sign in and see what you got. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. You must be 21 and older and present in Louisiana and permitted parishes only. 3-plus leg minimum $1 bet required. 
Refund issued is non-withdrawable free bets that expire seven days after the receipt. Max free bet is $5. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. And if you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-877-770-STOP. Welcome back to Crunch Time. We just got a couple more minutes left before we end hour number one and lead into hour number two. And one thing that I want to get to that happened last night that was pretty eventful, and Matt's not happy about it. Let's talk about how those Madden games went. First game, you quit on me. You ra- you literally rage quit mm-hmm. when I was up 21-3, to three, mm-hmm. and then I beat you 52-17. And it's not like I was playing with an OP team. I kind of was, but you also had one yourself. Mm. I was the Chiefs, you were the Bills. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I beat you 52-17. to 17. Mm-hmm. What do you have to say for yourself? Um, I, I think that the system was rigged. You think the system was rigged? And uh, uh-huh. I, I would demand a recount a recount of the votes. So you want to play again tonight? Oh, not tonight. Don't do that to me again. No. <laughs> no, no. Last, last night was quite enough for a while. Um, that, that was funny, though, because remember when I remember, what did I do? I kind of I led the running back, and you were like, whoa, whoa, yeah, there's whoa, a how'd you do that? There's a playmaker mode, apparently. See, I have played Madden my entire life, and I always thought that the right analog stick was pointless unless it was for trucking. No. And you're sitting there like, hey, if you just push it up, it leads the running back or, or the receiver where you want him to go. Wow. I have learned so much. I taught you so much last night. I, I'm going to have to go sit on YouTube tonight and just learn <laughs> more Madden tricks that I didn't think existed. You're just going to start looking at all the glitchy plays. Doing all kinds of research. What's the best playbook? Right. And then you were like, why are you audibling so much? Best, best lineup. I mean, dude, you were, run, you were calling three audibles per play. I was making individual audibles. I was I was switching up the uh, the and, routes and themselves. And I've, I've said it before on this show, and I will say it again. James so is extra. extra. I knew I was reading your coverage. He said I'm calling hot routes, and I'm identifying the mic, and we're setting up pad no, protections. No, you, no, no, you play the game. Play the game. You were identifying the mic. I was just doing double teams because I didn't because I didn't want to see uh, Von Miller get to my quarterback. <laughs> Double teams. What? What? What are we? We're not Nick Sirianni and Kevin O'Connell. This is not real life NFL. It's a damn video game. And that's why you lost by thirty-five. Point taken. I mean, you also didn't give yourself many favors. No, God, Josh Allen throws picks in fantasy world, doesn't he? Lord Almighty, who is the one controlling him? Like you were blitzing me, and I panicked. I was not blitzing. You were. Frank Clark was coming after me like a madman all night long. Because your O-line sucks. Well, that's not my fault. kind of is. You picked the team. Oh, my God. We did random. Yeah, but you could have you could have picked somebody no, else other than Bills. Why, 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 why? I, I set up an opportunity for you to somewhat help me look less bad, and <laughs> you just find no, a that's, way. That's the whole point of the segment. God. <laughs> Yeah, let's bash on Miguez. Miguez well, doesn't get bashed you, on enough you were in his talking life. About, you were talking about how good you were at Madden. I'm not claiming I'm, I'm that good at Madden, but I had to prove you wrong. 
I don't suck at Madden. You're just better than me. There's a difference. You play on pro. Okay, and? It's pretty bad. It's, the, it's not rookie. Still not very. That's still not a very. Good Whatever. Point. You're mute. You're done. Move on. You're you're mute. I said you're done. You're blocked. I, you're so that means stop talking. You're done. Hour number one in the books. Hour number two after the top of the hour sports update right here on the game Southwest Louisiana Sports Station in your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. You're clocked out. We're locked in. You're listening to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. This guy. This guy. Let's continue the conversation. Should we? I think it was. It was what what, what I happened I after? I don't know that we should. What, what happened after was would have been pretty good radio. Uh, I'm sorry. What 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 was that? The freak out, <laughs> right here. Oh well, don't tell me that I'm bad at something because I'm not. Just slightly <laughs> less good as you. Slightly. Okay, so just because one team loses by 35 points makes them a bad team automatically. What happens if we play again and I beat you by 40? Am I bad? No, I'm not. That's why you line up and play on any given Tuesday. Okay? It was November, and we were two AFC teams, and we were still playing in the Super Bowl. Yeah, I still don't know why you did that. Because I felt like it. Uh, <laughs> Blind horse finds water every once in a while. Yeah, you did. <laughs> so get wrecked. 706-0111 if you want to join this tomfoolery on the game hotline. Uh, you know, what What, what really happened no, last there was, night? It was no, no, no. You shared your side of the story. I get to share mine. Quiet down over there, peanut gallery. What happened was I felt bad okay. about the... Can we mute him, please? Is, is there a button to where I can mute him? Stop talking. There was a moment where I felt bad for James because he was just having a rough day. And, you know, I, I sat there and I said, Matt, you know, you're, you're really just going to have to make James happy. You're, you're going to have to find a way to make his day a little bit better. And I said, you know what? I could take the L in Madden. I, I can let him, you know, go home and, and feel good about himself. But really, here's here's the bigger problem. Did you come Lad- up with this? Like, ladies on the and spot? gentlemen, I cooked for this man. <laughs> I cooked for this man. And he didn't eat a bite. Didn't even look at it. Didn't even say, oh wow, that dinner looks actually pretty appetizing. Nope. None of it. You know what he did? He sat on my couch, petted my dog, kicked my ass, and left. That's what James did last night. All right, now you had your time speaking. Now it's mine. No, no, I'm not done. <laughs> no, yeah, you are. <laughs> I muted you. 
<laughs> I muted you. So, what had happened was, I like how you made that whole story. You made the whole story up just for you to throw it away because you were because you still kick my ass. <laughs> you threw that away, but a few details you forgot to mention. You weren't the one that cooked it. Excuse me. I, I what I excuse me. What I saw was your wife cooking the whole time. It was done by the time you got there. She was the one in the kitchen. You weren't, as far as I knew. But here's another thing. Whoa, I had, whoa, 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 I, whoa, whoa, whoa! Hold on. We're not leaving this topic yet. Oh my! <laughs> I cooked that dinner. Okay. So don't even go there. Okay. Whatever. I give my wife a lot of credit, but I cooked that meal. Okay. Whatever. And you refused to eat it. That's so rude. But continue. Well, she didn't eat it either. That's because she had already eaten. And so did I. Well, James, you weren't. And I a guest. prepped you. And I prepped you before that. You, I said I still got to finish the rest of the food that I had brought for lunch. You were a guest. Guests eat when they are fed. That's how it works in South Louisiana. It's a nice little thing called Southern hospitality. So how dare you? You didn't even take a drink. I wasn't thirsty. That's so rude of you. Oh, my God. So rude of you. You come into my house. You don't take my gifts. You commit assault. And then you leave. <laughs> I told you a couple things, though. Doesn't quite make up for it. So now I have to sit here and listen to you brag and gloat about how you got lucky. You want to do it again? Handed. Do you want to play again? A victory. Do you want to play again? You got handed a victory. Do you want to play again? I do actually. Okay. Not tonight, but I, I do. I do want to play again at some point. Three months down the line, when I when I've learned all the cheat codes. Oh yeah. <laughs> Can we get to some real sports, please? Sure. Is that, is that possible? Sure. Listen to this man. Not not sure. Sure. Why why not? I mean, I I guess that's our jobs. Like like who? Let, let's 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 just let's do that then. Oh buddy, oh buddy, oh buddy, oh buddy. Do you need a breather? Oh. You need to take a timeout. No, it's too early for that. Going back to Saturday. LSU, again, taking down Alabama over the weekend. Brian Kelly met with the media in the post-game press conference, and he talked about a couple different things from the two-point conversion decision and what went behind that, the performance of Jaden Daniels, and a whole lot more. But one big question that he was asked is, after Florida State, did you think that you would win against two top-ranked teams? No. Okay. Now, again, you know, you, you look at the game against Alabama, right? And you, you look, actually, you look at the season as a whole, and 
you know, the fact that LSU is currently seven and two, leading the SEC West, and they're seventh in the playoff poll. It, it it's really it's incredibly impressive. Because again, you go back to that Florida State game on Labor Day weekend, and you you go, well, man, this team might be in trouble. This team might not, you know, they they might have a rough year, you know, so on and so forth. But then you know you you go get that win over Auburn, you go get that win over Mississippi State, you go get that win over Florida, you go get that win over Ole Miss. And, you know, you're feeling really good about yourself, but then, you know, Alabama's still sitting there. And Alabama's still, you know, waiting in the wings. But what do you do? You took them down in Death Valley, and now you look at the back half of your schedule with Arkansas, UAB, and A&M and go, man, we might be able to do something here. We might be able to make something special out of this. And you're number one for Brian Kelly. No less. Let's go to the hotline now, 337-706-0111. Randy, what's up? Hey, good afternoon. Look, um, you know, talking about the uh, the LSU thing and the way these uh, polls are going now, uh, one thing to remember is back at the very beginning of the season, uh, uh, this team was terrible. I mean, that, that loss to half-ass U was inexcusable. They were horrible that day. But – This is where the coaching staff has proven themselves. This team has gotten better and better, especially at the quarterback play and the defensive line. And so now we have this situation where they've beaten a couple of highly ranked teams and they're, they're getting put up there towards the front. But you know, the, the whole polling system is corrupt in my opinion. They always put teams like Clemson and North Carolina state and, and maybe even like Notre Dame and, and, uh, these, these teams don't belong in the top ten, let alone in the playoff hunt. And that's why the first round of the playoffs are always blowouts. But we have a very intriguing thing that could happen this year, right? And, and RP3 was talking about it this morning, where there is an outside shot at LSU going to the SEC championship game and beating Georgia. It's a very long shot. I don't think that's going to happen. But if they did that, then you might find Tennessee not in the playoffs you got LSU, you've got TCU, you got Georgia, and you got Ohio State. And then guess what? We're in for a first round of two blowout games again. And, you know, it'll be a SEC championship replay again. I'm kind of hoping that doesn't happen. I'd rather see Tennessee in there. I'd rather see, uh, you know, somebody just that would be more fun to watch beat the crap out of Ohio State and TCU in the playoffs than uh LSU at this point. And and again, part of my reasoning for that is um you know the two losses would kind of water it down and it would give FSU fans, this is the worst part, FSU fans something to brag about. Hey, we beat a team that's in the playoffs. Well no you didn't. You beat a team that wasn't ready to play, but you know. Yeah. Uh appreciate the call, Randy. All right, we'll see you. So there, there's a lot to unpack there, but you know, I'm not ready to say TCU is going to be the playoff. I'm not ready to say that TCU is going to run the table. I don't think they will. I don't see TCU making the playoff, 
And quite frankly, I don't know that Ohio State makes the playoff. You know, that's always one of the teams that, oh, you know, if they're if they're hanging around, they're they're gonna get in. Will they? Will they though? Because as it stands right now, they're not making the big the Big Ten championship game. They're second in the Big Ten East. They nearly lost to Penn State. And then you look at it, you've got Indiana this Saturday. That's a win. You've got Maryland on Sat- the following Saturday on the 19th. I'm going to say that's a win, but that's a hard-fought game because Maryland's pretty good. And then the Saturday after Thanksgiving, like you do each and every year, you have the hate game. Ohio State and Michigan. You look at it, and I don't know that either one of those teams ends up in, in the playoff. And I'm, I'm talking about Ohio State and Michigan when, when, I, when I say that. Because you look at Michigan, and, you know, they don't get me wrong, they have been impressive the last two seasons. And the winner of that Ohio State-Michigan game is going to go to the Big Ten Championship game because they're both in the Big Ten East. It's the same thing as LSU and Alabama. The winner of that game more than likely goes on to the SEC Championship game to represent the West. But there is a distinct possibility with this playoff committee's biasness. Let's say LSU runs the table and they beat Georgia in the SEC Championship game. James... Get ready for what I'm about to say. There's going to be three SEC teams in the playoff. There's going to be three SEC teams in the playoff. Are you saying Georgia, Tennessee, and LSU? Correct. Because if if Tennessee's one loss is to Georgia, you should still get in. You're getting in. You're getting in. If Georgia's one loss is to LSU... If any of those three, if LSU beats Georgia, if any of those three are left out, it's Georgia. If Tennessee runs the table and finishes 11-1 and and they're just in a stacked SEC East and that's why they didn't make the conference championship game, I think they're getting in. Granted, they might be getting in as the four seed. But you're still getting no matter what. But they're still getting in. TCU would have to go undefeated and win the conference championship game to get into the college football playoff. Now, if they if they do that, if they win the Big 12 undefeated, then yeah, there's no argument. TCU's in the playoff. There's no way that you were leaving out an undefeated conference champion out of the playoff. There's no, there's no way you're doing that. Ohio State and Michigan is, is a game that is going to mean more this year than it has in a long time. I mean, last year it meant a lot, don't get me wrong, but this year, I mean, you're talking about making or breaking somebody's season on the final Saturday of the year. That's going to be incredibly entertaining to watch this season. But again, don't be surprised if three SEC teams make the playoffs. And if that happens, 
playoff expansion might come a little faster than we all expected. That's just I'm just going to say that. Because if you put three SEC teams in the playoff, people are going to go insane. And you're going to have no choice but to expand. Did you know that you could listen to the game from anywhere? I'm talking your house, your office, your car, your phone, whatever. Because here's the thing. Your Alexa and Google Home speakers help out around the house, right? They turn on your lights, they control your thermostat, and so much more. But now they can play the game. All you got to do is ask Alexa or Google Home to play the game Southwest Louisiana, and it is that easy. So do the smart thing and have the game 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles with you at home, your office, and everywhere you go. Take a timeout. When you return, we'll hear from Brian Kelly from earlier this week as they prepare to travel to brutal Fayetteville, Arkansas for a matinee matchup with the Razorbacks on Saturday. Right here on the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the Houston Astros and the Fighting Tigers of LSU. Tune in every weekday at 8.15 a.m. and 3.15 p.m. for the LSU Sports Update, presented by Tibbs Trailers here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. 5.22 here on your Wednesday afternoon. Welcome back to Crunch Time. So let me let me go back to, to what we were talking about a second ago with the, with the playoff. Let me, let me rephrase... What what I said? I said that Ohio. Talking about the Ohio State Michigan game. Here's the thing: if whoever wins that game, if they go on to win the Big Ten championship, there's no question. Again, it's, it's the same thing as TCU. If they run the table and win the Big Twelve, they're getting in, no question. Same thing with the Big Ten. You run the table, finish twelve and zero, and then win the conference championship. You're in. Then that changes things. But I could very well see the field being Tennessee, Georgia, LSU, and then the winner of Ohio State and Michigan. I could very well see that being the case. And then for some you know, unforeseen circumstance, say neither Ohio State or Michigan get in, you know, then if LSU beats Georgia and they get in, maybe Georgia's on the outside looking in and you look at either Ohio State or Michigan or maybe TCU or Oregon, there, there's a lot of moving parts, as, as we all know, especially late in November. Um, but no, I, I, like I said, I just wanted to correct what, what I was trying to say is, is that there's a possibility that you could see a much different playoff field than you have in years past. You know, there, there, there's a possibility that, well, Alabama probably won't be in it, uh, which is which is crazy to think about. Clemson probably won't be in it, which, which is also, you know, a, a little wild to look at. But then, you know, if Michigan beats Ohio State, but then Michigan loses the Big 12 championship game, do either Michigan or Ohio State get in? So there's there's a lot of interesting you know intricacies that that could that could play out here o- over the next couple of weeks in terms of the college football playoff. But going back to the LSU news again, 
defeating Alabama over the weekend, Brian Kelly met with the media on Monday, and he touched on, again, like we were talking about earlier, he touched on a couple of different things for their game with Arkansas on Sun, on Saturday in Fayetteville. You know, this is painting itself to be the definition of a trap game. Because, you know, obviously the, the massive win over Alabama could, could paint for an emotional letdown for, for LSU. So there, there's a lot of things to look at there. We'll get to that in a second. Let's go to the hotline quickly now. Chico, what's up, my guy? What's up, bro? How you doing? I'm doing well, hey, man. Quick, quick question. I, and you got me thinking about this. When Since the playoff has started, has Bama been in it every year? They, I want to say they have been. They were out of it. missed, right? The, the year LSU won, they were not in it. They were not in it? Okay, so 19 was the only year they were not in it. Okay. I, I, think, I think you're right there, yeah. Okay, I was just wondering because I was sitting there thinking when you said that they may not make it in because they got the two losses, and I was like, wait a minute, has they even missed it before? But yeah, that makes sense in 19. So um, yeah, I just wanted to double check. I'm going to double check that, but I think that they've they've made it every year. Let's see, yeah, 2019 they didn't make it. Yeah, they've been in it every year since then. That's what I thought. Okay, all right, brother. Appreciate you. Appreciate you, Chico. Man, isn't that crazy to think about? So, so let's paint that picture, all right? LSU runs the table, wins the SEC, and gets into the playoff. The two times that LSU makes the college football playoff, they Bama's win. on the outside looking in. I was going to say, God, that's sweet. Anytime Alabama's outside the playoff, LSU's in. LSU's in, and then LSU wins it. And then, you know, you look at last year. That'd be Ohio, a hell of a storyline. Ohio State only missed it. Four times. Really? That many? Yeah, four times. They, they didn't make it in 2015. They didn't make it in 2017. They didn't make it in 2018. And then they missed it last year in 2021 because Michigan got in. Michigan was the two-seed. Georgia murdered uh, them. Yes. And as then, well as Cincy. And, uh, yeah. Well, hey, I wasn't mad that Cincy got in. I thought I thought they were deserving. Me too. Um, and I think they they still even put up a decent they, enough they, fight they, against they put Alabama. They put up a fight for a half. Yeah, they just ran out of gas late. Is is all what happened there. Um, but yeah, so again, you know, you're looking at it. So I just got sent a question. So what if TCU and Michigan both go undefeated and win their conferences, and LSU also wins out? Does Tennessee or Georgia get left out? In that case, it'd be Tennessee. I think. Because at that point, Georgia would only have one loss and it would be in the conference championship game. And it would be against the team that's now yeah. in the playoff. Yeah. Whereas with so, whereas yeah. with Tennessee, I think they lost their one loss was to the number one seed. Whereas I think, LSU I think, I think unfortunately Tennessee would be on the outside looking in. Um, that's that'd still be really interesting with LSU having two losses and then Tennessee only having one. Unless the committee just said, "Ha, we like the SEC more." Sorry, TCU. We know you're undefeated, but here's a Cotton Bowl invite or or the Sugar Bowl or whatever. It would have been a cute story, right? Because I mean, let, let's be honest. It's not the BCS anymore. 
It's not computer generated. You've got nepotism factoring in here. Because if the committee votes, hey, we know, you know, we really like the SEC. They could put four SEC teams in. They're not going to. That's never going to happen. Uh, there would there would be riots in the street. But I mean, there's no telling what this committee would do. So you know that that's one thing you you really got to keep in mind. But in that scenario where TCU, Michigan, and LSU would all win out and win their respective conferences, in that scenario, I think Tennessee would get left out over Georgia. James, do you agree? Yeah, I can't really di- disagree with that scenario, no. Now, some people would say, well, Georgia's loss was right there before the playoff, and that could affect, and, and that's that's true. That's fair. And tennis, I guess maybe it would come down to strength of schedule at that point, because they would both have one loss. Tennessee's loss would be to Georgia. So I guess maybe you look at the other 11 games of the schedule and say, you know, who had a tougher road? Who played better at certain points? Blah, blah, because Tennessee did beat Alabama. But you still have to remember, like you said, this is based on humans, not computer-generated numbers. So it's ultimately who would they prefer? Who would they rather see? So that, see, that's why I I kind of, I love slash hate the playoff. Because I, I, I like the opportunity of, you know, you have four teams and, you know, it's not a computer generated. Hey, one and two play for the national championship. Like, you could see a three and four matchup in the national championship game, right? With with the playoff model. But again, the human element of it kind of ruins things sometimes because you'll have teams that you know they're twelve and zero and they've they've had this great season. But because they come from a G five conference or a lower P five conference. Like let's let's play this scenario. If Oregon's undefeated, but they played a weaker schedule in the Pac-12, do they get in? Maybe. Maybe, but maybe I, not. I think it depends on how many losses the top SEC teams have. And you see, that's the thing. That that's where the human element comes in. Because there's there's a lot of bias towards SEC. I've, I've said for years, if you had a computer algorithm like you did with the BCS, but you made it into a playoff system, I think things could get interesting there. That's just me. But again, you know, there, there, there's a lot, of, a lot of scenarios to play out here, and we're going to play them out quite a bit over the next couple of weeks as we get closer and closer to the conference championship games in that first weekend in December. However, the McNeese Coaches Show is tonight from 6 to 7, getting started in about 30 minutes, presented by Maplewood Burgers, line of bed out of Westlake and the Southwest Louisiana Law Center. Jim Gazzola will be talking all things Cowboys as the McNeese Coaches Show will be broadcasting from Maplewood Burgers on 4453 Nelson Road. So tune in tonight starting at 6 for the McNeese Coaches Show right here on The Game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Get all your buckaroos ready for the the, the Cowboys Coaches Show. That's great fun, isn't it? Let's take a timeout. Brendan Ertle of Canal Street Chronicles joins us next for Who Dat Wednesday right here on The Game. It's Southwest Louisiana Sports Station and your home. 
for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. He's going to go. Touchdown, Saints. Who's ready for some New Orleans Saints talk? We are. Here is Who Dat Wednesdays with Canal Street Chronicles' Brendan Ertle on Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. Brendan, what's up, man? How you doing? What's going on, guys? Doing good. Hey, man. What were your takeaways from Monday Night's loss? Um, I, I had a lot. I think the main takeaway is, um, geez, yeah, uh, you got to, uh, if, if your controller, if your remote controller is missing batteries like mine was, replace it so you can turn the game off. Um, yeah, that was, a, that was a miserable performance at pretty much every level. Uh, there was a point in that game when I switched to the Manning cast to listen to Sean Payton because I was so bored. And, I mean, that was the most exciting part of the game was listening to Sean Payton talk about uh, how we can't move the ball on offense. And if you flip channels to go to the Pelicans game, it wasn't much better. So, yeah, that was a Monday night I don't want to relive. Oh, no, we suck again. <laughs> you know what you should have done instead of watching the Manning cast? You don't should've... you do it. Don't you do it. What? Where are you going with this? I was just going to say, watch my live stream on Facebook. Okay, okay. Brendan, I've got a question for you. On a scale of 1 to 10, how good are you at Madden? Um, I would say I'm very good. I could beat both of you. I think uh, a little-known fact that people don't know about me is I have competed um, at a pro level in Madden. Um, I came out of my college as uh, the champion of Oregon State. Um, oh, did saw, not I go anything further than that. But, yes, I, I can beat you at Madden. I so don't want to play you in, in Madden again then. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, I don't think I'm all that good, but there was definitely levels. No, no, no. No, no, no. You're good because you beat a good person, 52-17. to 17. <laughs> I am not bad at Madden. You play on pro. I don't care. Brandon. I, I, I think uh, if if – someone was going for two, if someone was faking field goals, then there was some disrespect there. And I, I'm sure one of you guys was doing that. So I didn't. I, I kicked extra points every time. I, I tried yeah. to, to provide a spark by going with some fake field goals, and it didn't, it didn't work out very well. I sniffed it out. That's fine. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> All right. So starting quarterback controversy, because I, I don't care what Dennis Allen says, there is one. Um, do you think it's time that they go back to Jameis Winston or – even starting the, the, the Mighty Mormon? I, I think it is time. I don't think they will. I think they'll stick with Dalton. Um, but it, it was really weird because, uh, what, two years ago we were talking about, does the two-quarterback system work in no, the pros? it doesn't. And I, I would say, no, it doesn't. But it can work if there's a hot hand, you leave him on the field. And there was a stretch in that game where Taysom – was bringing the spark and everything he did, whether that's running, handing the ball off, throwing, and they take him off the field, and then Andy Dalton is immediately sacked. So I don't, I don't think that you necessarily keep doing the two quarterback system. But if if Taysom's out there making plays, if if you're moving the ball after that, the, the fact that your offense has scored six points, and it took it took a play where Baltimore literally had the least amount of effort of ever seen on a football field for you to score a touchdown, then yeah, leave the hot hand out there. And I don't know if I agree with a lot of their decisions. The fact that I'd say they're two best playmakers on offense, uh, Kamara and Taysom touched the ball, what, combined 12 times? 
that's not enough. Uh, Alave played really well as usual. Uh, seems to be our best player each and every single week, which is um, surprising to me. And I, I don't love the game plan. Uh, I think the defense struggled, but I'm not pointing the finger too much at that at them because they had to deal with Lamar Jackson. And if you told me that we were able to hold the Ravens, uh, a team that should be 8-0 if they finished a couple games off uh, smarter, uh, if we held them under 16 points for the majority of the game, I thought we'd win uh, pretty easily, but that wasn't the case. So the, the, the Saints today, you know, obviously they, they played on Monday, so six-day turnaround. Dennis Allen decided that they weren't going to have practice today. And they were going to go in favor of a rest and recovery day. Mm-hmm. I am not a Dennis Allen stan. I'm not a Dennis Allen hater. Uh, I'm a big fan of what he did as a defensive coordinator. These past few weeks have been frustrating. The guy's got to go, uh, right? Think, yeah. Uh, I, I, we talked about this before, but when Sean Payton was on the, the Kay Adams show um, and gave Mark Ingram the talk about his, that scolding face, uh, I didn't think anything of it. I still don't think anything of it. But it made me think, I haven't seen Dennis Allen really show any kind of emotion, get frustrated at anyone, and really anything. I mean, uh, there was a video of Buda Baker in, in the Cardinals locker room um, I'm sure everyone's seen it, where he shows a ton of emotion, frustrated, upset, and I just haven't seen anything from the from the same team. I know Kamara spoke out um, a week ago, but um, the fact that Sean Payton is in the building one week and you have your best performance of the week, and then he isn't there the next week and you completely flop, it's 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 a joke, honestly. And I think that there needs to be some more accountability. I think Dennis Allen needs to get mad. At Ryan Ramchek for jumping off sides. Yeah, uh, he's a great player. Um, probably deserves some rest days here and there, but he doesn't need to rest every single first practice. Uh, if the rhythm's not there, it's not there. You can't be having, uh, you can't be giving the defense free yards, especially when you can't move the ball very well. Uh, I feel like that's been a thing of our issues that we're pushing ourselves back on third down. We had negative 13 uh, yards for the majority of the game. Uh, I haven't been a huge fan of the way they've operated these past couple weeks. Uh, there's been a lot of soft tissue injuries, so I'm not saying that um, you know they're injury prone or the medical staff is doing a bad job or something like that. But I also haven't agreed with um, the tactics that he said about Marshawn progressing, Jarvis progressing. Um, if the medical staff tells you one thing, uh, you you got to go with it. Put him on IR. Get that roster spot. Uh, there's been weeks when we've it feels like we're really really thin. Uh, Alante Taylor this just this past game got hurt a couple of plays, and you really had to think, okay, who's gonna who's gonna come in for him? And PJ did, but it's like, okay, if someone else goes down, what do you do? I, I think that they haven't operated uh, and used the IR spot very well at all. Um, I, I'm just haven't been a big fan of the way they've run things these past few weeks. Now taking a look back at quarterback. We know that it doesn't seem very likely that kind of a long-term QB is on this roster right now. Where do you think the Saints will go next to find the next QB? Do you think they're going to sign one? Do you think they're going to trade for one? Or do you think they're just actually going to invest in a draft pick either somewhat early or actually like do their hardest and go get one in like the second or even try and trade up in the first round to go get one? 
So yeah, I was having this conversation a little bit earlier, and there's there's a few avenues that they could go. And I think it starts off with this year. I think you need to you need to give Jameis another shot. You can't go into next year uh, kind of wondering what you still have, especially if the season is all but over. Uh, this is a big week for them. I, I think they're getting a Steelers team that has struggled uh, to really do anything offensively. Uh, defensively, they've been okay. They get T.J. Watt back uh, first game since week one, of course. I mean, just makes sense. Um, I think you need to see what you have in Jameis. There's not much upside in Andy Dalton. I think that he brings uh, pretty much everything that we've seen, a solid veteran presence, a really high ceiling, or a really high floor, low ceiling. So I think that next offseason, you gotta you got to look at every single avenue. And that one may look different uh, a month from now, but a team like the Raiders, you know, they're slotted in with a top three pick right now. If they go quarterback and they get rid of Derek Carr, maybe that's the one you, you kick the tires on for a year. Um, if you trade Sean Payton and you get a first-round pick, let's say um, the miracle situation happens, uh, the Chargers miss the playoffs, they fire Brandon Staley, we get a first-round pick, trade him to the Chargers. Uh, I think you put yourself in a spot where if you want to get a quarterback, uh, you can sit there and take one, wherever that pick may be, probably in the teens, in their 20s, or you could – trade that uh, first-round pick the following year and go up and get one. So there's a few different things that they could do, but I don't think there's any real answer, and there's not any you know clear path to find a quarterback. And, uh, I mean, we've seen it for many teams. It's, the Buffalo Bills are one of those teams that took them, you know, a decade to find a quarterback after they've had success with other guys. So it really does depend and depends on the situation, but I hope that uh, I think my best situation would be to go get some kind of young guy. Even if you're drafting, you know, a Hendon Hooker, uh, a Donovan Thompson Robinson, guy like that in the second round. I think you've got to get someone young in the building. Chat with Brendan Ertle of Canal Street Chronicles. All right, Brendan, let's look ahead to Sunday's matchup in Pittsburgh with the Steelers. Uh, it's going to be cold. There's no question about that. Uh, but one matchup that, you know, we're kind of looking at is. How does the Saints' defense match up with Kenny Pickett and the Steelers' offense? I, I think we need to see a more aggressive approach from Dennis Allen this week. I think uh, Kenny Pickett has been pretty much everything we expected. He hasn't been phenomenal, hasn't been awful. Uh, he makes plays on the ground. He can make plays in the air. haven't seen a ton of that, though. I think you need to do everything you can to really disrupt him, get him off his game. Uh, the best and worst I've seen of him was in, uh, I don't remember what primetime game it was, but it was, in, it was against Miami. He had some really good throws. He had some really bad throws. And the bad throws came with pressure. It came with, uh, you know, bluffing coverages. It came from showing one thing, doing another. I think they need to try and confuse him. They haven't really had a situation this year where um, they've played a young guy like this. So uh, I think it's, it's a week that you need to be able to get a turnover I mean, just the fact that we have two interceptions on the on the year is pretty ridiculous, and the Steelers' offense has been pretty bad at really scoring any points. And I think we're all very familiar with Matt Canada and the things he did with LSU and the failures he had there with the uh, all the fly sweeps and whatnot, and they still do that in Pittsburgh with all the fly sweeps. Um, if you remember those old LSU days with Jonathan Giles, that we thought he was going to be some superstar and um, all the fly sweeps he ended up doing, yeah. Uh, Steelers fans want Matt Canada out of there. 
Uh, I don't blame them. So they, this can't be a week where uh, they just get by on defense. It can't be another week where they had this week. I think this is a week you got to find pressure, you got to get a turnover, and you got to make plays on defense. And if the offense can't score this week, I mean, uh, it's not looking great moving forward, but uh, I think there could be a change at quarterback if you struggle this week for sure. And then one more for you, Brennan. What are the keys to victory for this Sunday's game? Uh, I think the first thing is you got to be able to beat the, the Steelers secondary, and it's been a it's been a unit where they've had guys in and out. Minka Fitzpatrick has been, you know, their anchor. He's been kind of banged up, but he's played. Uh, they went out and got William Jackson. He's on the injury report. They've had multiple corners in and out of the lineup. We they've had Arthur Moulet, a guy that we're very familiar with um, in years past with the Saints. He started in the slot a couple games. He's played, you know, all over the field. So this really needs to be a week where you get production from other players. Uh, you can't have another week where Olave's getting 10 targets and the next guy is Juwan Johnson getting three. Like, there needs to be production from everyone. you got to get Jarvis back. you got to get him in the loop of this offense. We haven't really seen him uh, since pretty much week two. I mean, that week three game against Carolina, we didn't see a lot of either of Mike and Jarvis, and uh, we've struggled since. So I think they need to score points this week. They got to find a way to um, contain Najee Harris. He's been struggling a little bit. Uh, this can't be a week where you save another team season. And I feel like we've had a couple weeks where um, a team's struggling, and then they play us, and their season gets back on track. So uh, we got to continue to try and derail their season and uh, try and make our first round pick next year a little worse for Philly. Brendan Ertle of Canal Street Chronicles joining us. Brendan, appreciate you as always, my guy. Have a great week, and uh, we'll do it again next week. Yes, sir. Tune in next week for another edition of Hoodat Wednesdays here on Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. Download the free The Game mobile app for Android and Apple devices. No matter where you are in the country, you can listen to The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. If you want to listen to all your favorite Christmas classics or just local Cajun Christmas songs, you can do so on the Louisiana Christmas Channel. Non-stop Christmas music 24-7 on the Louisiana Christmas Channel. You heard me singing a Christmas tune right before, you know, I realized that my mic was on. Anyways, listen live at lachristmaschannel.com or download the free mobile app on both Apple and Android devices and listen on your Amazon Alexa. So listen to some holiday cheer with the Louisiana Christmas Channel. James absolutely hates me for for reasons unknown. But, you you know, we we, we keep rolling. Anyways, I wanted to look at, or actually, let's look at the poll question. Yeah, that's what I was doing right now. 69% say that they eat their Pop-Tarts out of the wrapper. Just straight out the wrapper. 23% say out of the toaster. And a couple comments. Let's see. John Paul says, I don't eat Pop-Tarts anymore. I've grown up from kitty food. And the replacements is the best football. Oh, God, we're still on that. Ralph says, even the manufacturer calls them toaster pastries, not foil wrapper pastries. And the pop is them popping out of the toaster. Otherwise, they'd be unwrapped tarts. Brad says, cherry pop tarts right out of the wrapper. No toaster is necessary. I mean, for the, again, like I said, third time in the show. For the fruit ones, I agree. 
If it's chocolate, cinnamon, anything like that, I want it in a toaster. It's better that way. I want to take this opportunity to thank Jay Walker and Brendan Ertle for joining us today on Crunch Time. I want to thank my lovely producer, Mr. James Mesh. Yeah. Uh, so grateful for everything that he does. Yeah, you are. Uh, even even when he drives me to my ultimate breaking point. I try to get there every day. But it's my goal. <laughs> for James Mesh, I'm Mad Miguez. Be safe, be well, hug your mom and them, and we'll be back tomorrow, same time, same station. Wait until you hear the guest list for tomorrow. It's a doozy. Right here, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station in your home. For the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros, McNeese Coaches Show is next.